The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine authentic power. And now here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there and welcome to today's show. It's all about embracing the author within you. You know, one of the interesting things for me is that we all are the authors of our own life story. So at that level, you can choose what character you're going to be and how your life is going to pan out. But today's show is about quite literally becoming a published author. And I'm really thrilled to uh, have a, a guest on the show who is an expert in helping people develop their books and to get their books published easily. Now the show is going to have a different shape today. We're going to start with my guest and my guest is Mitali Depakaisa. She is an amazing lady and I know you're going to enjoy her energy and her expertise. But then in the second half of the show we're going to look at, um, at, at some things in a little more detail and doing it purely from my own personal experience and because I've done it, then I know that it's certainly worked for me and I think it can work for you too. So without more ado, I'm going to introduce my guest, Vitaly, to you. I want to read you her bio. Ghostwriter turned vegan business book expert, Vitaly Dopakesa, the authority creator, transforms business leaders and entrepreneurs into thought leaders by becoming published authors within 90 days. She is the author of the international number one bestseller, The Freedom Master Plan, featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, which reveals how her clients leverage their books to build unshakable authority in their field. This allows them to attract their dream clients, generate passive income streams, and gain freedom from selling as their book sells the services for them. Now, that's a very powerful bio. That expertise and experience is here for you today. And we're going to explore how you can become a published author and how it can help you. So without more ado, I would like to introduce my guest, my friend, Natalie. Hello. <laughs> Hi there. And welcome. Thank you so much it's... for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. You know, more and more I become convinced that those people who are um, have something to offer need to be sharing it. You know, hindsight is the only exact science, isn't it? You know, you Very can look true. back and think, if only I'd done that, or if only I hadn't done that, or if I'd done it in a different order, you'd save time, you'd save aggravation, you'd save money. And so everybody has expertise, whether it's business or personal life. 
that could save somebody else's same aggravation, frustration and heartache. But before we go on to that, tell us a bit about your story. Share with people, you know, interesting, you know, turned vegan um, publisher. What's going on there? Tell us your story. <laughs> oh, gosh. How, how long have you got, Gina? I can go on for hours. Well, so let me let me try and give you an abridged version. We'll so... give you the abridged version, yeah. <laughs> so I've been writing, oh, gosh, ever since I could, I had a pencil or a pen in my hand, I think. Um, my mother tells me that at the age of four, uh, I went to nursery. And you know how normally you get really tearful children who don't, you know, they don't want to leave their mothers thinking, why have I, have I been left ever since I've been alive? I've had mummy next to me and now she's leaving me somewhere. I was the opposite. I just pretty much ran into a sea of children, didn't even look back at my mother. My mother was the one in tears. She was the one crying because I'm the firstborn. So it's always, you know, separation, anxiety. And all. Yeah, I didn't care. I was like, see ya. Off I went. Um, but I didn't realize at the time that at four years old, you have no concept of the idea of different languages, especially if you've not been speaking more than one language in the house. So yeah. I had no concept that I was living in a country Gosh, I wouldn't even have a concept of countries either at that age. I had no concept that I spoke this language called Bengali, which none of the other kids in nursery spoke. So off I went, talking very animatedly to all of these young children. I was so happy to make, you know, become friends with. And they all just look at me as like, oh, my God, where has this girl come from? This very strange girl. What is she talking about? I don't understand her. And I, I must have realized very quickly that I couldn't communicate to these children. So I don't remember this because I was four years old. So memory is pretty iffy at four years old. But my mother tells me I got upset and then I ran into the corner library and I started reading. And that was it. Somehow I'd managed to work out that I needed to read to learn the language to be able to communicate. So my mother tells me that every time after that, she, she'd drop me off at the nursery, I'd run to the corner library, and when she'd pick me up a few hours later, head buried in a book, still in the corner library, kicking and screaming, being taken out of it, you know? So the love for books and writing came from that, just this need to communicate. So that became a love for me, but being, you know, coming from a, a typical Asian family, I was expected to be a doctor, or an accountant or an engineer or something like that. So I was destined to become a doctor. I even picked GCSEs and A-level subjects to study medicine at university. But then at the age of 16, um, one of my teachers, strangely enough, my German teacher, go figure, but my German teacher entered me into a competition. She sent in an essay that I'd written. Not in German, I might add. It was in English. And um, I won the competition. There was me and 29 other kids around the country. And we all won the competition. And we were invited to a summer camp at Edinburgh University where we learned how to do all kinds of writing. And I was actually involved with writing an episode of Brookside. And Ooh, that's when, yeah, and that's that blew my mind. I think up until that point, writing was just a something I love doing but I never really saw it as a career option but writing an episode of a this is going back to 1996 so this is when Brookside was huge all soaps were huge then they were attracting you know 15 to 20 million viewers per episode um and the fact that I had contributed to an episode that was going to air 
that blew my mind. And that's when I came back a different girl from Edinburgh and I broke it to my parents said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to study medicine at university. I really want to go for a, a career in writing. So that's how that started. And then I decided to um, do a media studies um, degree in Manchester. I did a, a master's in journalism at the London School of Journalism. And I spent a very happy six or seven years um, being a freelance journalist in the northwest of England. Um, but you'll know this, Gina, the, the good things don't last always, do they? No, <laughs> you they always, don't. You gotta sometimes expect... it's time to move on sometimes in order to grow too. True, true. The, the way I always see it now, looking back, I realise that when things have gone wrong has actually been the biggest time for growth for me. Of so course. I think we are sent these trials almost to grow because if we were happy all the time, we just wouldn't grow as people. And um, so this is now 2001. And this was, you will remember this, Gina, um, there was this newfangled thing called the internet. Do you remember that? It was yes. called new media then. And editors up and down the country were laying off their staff because they just had this idea. No one's going to read newspapers and magazines anymore. Everyone's going to go onto the internet. Very foolish because people still want news. It's just the medium that was changing. But there was yeah. a lot of short-sighted editors during that time. Um, so I lost my – I couldn't get work anyway at all. So that – started a 10-year period of me being very depressed. I was actually on antidepressants for a while. It's a bit difficult at the age of 26 thinking that you're a washed-up has-been. It's like I'm only 26, you know. Um, but then I managed to get back into writing. It was actually by a happy accident in 2013. A very good friend of mine contacted me, started rabbiting on about Google algorithms. And I just said, Alan, shut up. Why are you talking to me about algorithms? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not a, that kind of person. I'm a writer. I don't understand this stuff. Why are you talking to me about Google algorithms? He said, no, they've changed their algorithm, which means now website owners who used cheap labor from Southeast Asia or Eastern Europe to write their articles, they can no longer use them because now there was no longer about keywords and it was all to do about engagement and how long people stayed on a website and how much they interacted with the website. So now they need native English writers like you. And that was my in. So that's how I got into I'm very grateful to Alan. <laughs> Hello, Alan, if you're watching this. Um, and yeah, the, I, I was just an innocuous conversation like that kick-started my new career in writing. So um, that's how I got into writing. Then over the last, gosh, eight years, where's this eight years gone? I've written everything you can think of. I've written adverts, brochures, leaflets, email campaigns, sales pages, landing pages, books. I've ghostwritten seven business books. So I've written all kinds of business literature. And the reason I decided to specialize in books, Gina, I know you're a big advocate for this as well, because you're you're a multiple, yeah. yeah, multiple bestseller books. I'm only I've only done it once with my book. My other books did become bestsellers, but my name's not on them. They're a ghostwriter. <laughs> so seven other people around the world are taking credit for those, unfortunately. And um, so I can only claim one bestseller to my name, but I know you're a multiple best-selling author. But I just what, say though, you've got time. 
I'm a lot older than you. You've got plenty of time to get more. <laughs> I, I plan on having as many as you, Gina. So watch out. I do plan on having as many as you. I'm very okay. inspired because I went onto your Amazon author page. It's like, wow, she's done so many and they're all great. So I'm very, very inspired you. by you. Um, but yeah, I, I last year, for some reason, I just decided I want to specialize in one thing and I want to specialize on the one thing that makes the biggest difference for a business owner. And I didn't actually know it was books, I'll be honest with you, because as a ghostwriter, you don't see what happens with a book afterwards. It gets to bestseller status, but then that's it. Your job done. is done. Yeah, my, my yeah. job is done. I've been paid my fee. I'm I'm off. I'm. You it's know, almost so like becoming a, a surrogate mother, isn't it? That you go through absolutely. all the, the, the labor and the, and the, the trauma of the birth and then you hand it over. That's, I've never really thought of it like that because I'm not a mother, but now I'm going to use that analogy because it's very true. It's exactly what it is. So I know that my seven clients did very well from their books, but I didn't really get into, it's not my business to get into, oh, what are you doing with your book and how have you made, it's none of my business. I did my job. So I actually, if I was a gambling woman, Gina, I would have actually said sales pages made the biggest difference to an entrepreneur. Because that's the piece of content with the massive buy button getting people to part with their cash. So I thought that would make the biggest difference. But I thought, you know, trying to be a good entrepreneur, you should never just go on what you think. You should always do research, find out from the market. So I went back to all of my previous clients and I asked them what was the piece of content that made the biggest difference to your business. And they came up with the book. And that's Doesn't what made me realize. Me. I know it wouldn't surprise me. I'm, I'm preaching to the converted <laughs> with you, but it surprised me because I, yeah. as a ghostwriter, I didn't see what happens when you become a best selling author. But then yeah. these clients of mine were telling me, oh my God, I used my book and I did this and I got into this conference and I got into this stage with this famous person. And they were telling me about all these wonderful things they'd done with the book. And it's single handedly been the one piece of content that's made the biggest difference. I'm not saying they just gave up on all the other content. You still need sales pages and emails. Oh, and, of course you, of course do. you yeah. I'm not saying it's either or, but if they had to just measure which one made the biggest impact in terms of visibility, authority, and profits, it's always the book. And that's why I decided this is what I need to specialize in. But then the, the issue was, how do I help as many people as possible? As a ghostwriter, I might be able to write five or six books in a year. That's not that many people I can help. But if I can teach people to write their own books, I mean, I've already helped this year. I've helped 11 people become published authors. I could, that would have taken me two years if I wrote the books for them. So it was a case of how many people do I impact? And I thought if I can teach people to write their own books, I can impact more entrepreneurs than me writing books for them. So that it's is, I hope that was short enough. That's that was quite long. That was brilliant. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that strikes me is when you're talking about you know the impact and helping other people, it's the difference between giving somebody a fish and teaching them how to fish. Absolutely. Because once somebody has written for me, I think one of the my theory, let's try my theory out on you, around becoming an author is when you speak to so many people say, yeah, I'd like to write a book, but they don't ever get round to doing it. So writing a book is on lots of people's bucket list. And yet 
for all sorts of reasons they don't do it. So when they come across somebody who has actually jumped over the hurdles and, and, and written a book, you automatically get elevated to somebody who has done something special because it's something that that person would like to do. And, you know, I want to make a, I'd like to make a distinction, actually, and I, I'd be interested in your thoughts. I make a huge distinction between the how-to books, the advice books, the development books, and writing a novel, which is a, a creative process. And for me, they are fundamentally different. Very. Writing a, a novel, and I've got a great friend, if you want a, a really good set of, of, of books to read, read Beyond the Veil by Rachel Davidson, spiritual novels, fabulous books. I couldn't put them down. I, I, I stayed up all night reading them. Um, but the, the difference between birthing that, if you like, and creating self-development books or, or credibility books is that you're working from known. You know your stuff. You're sharing your expertise, your your experiences. And so it is almost reporting and and channeling uh, what you already know into a format that can help other people. So anybody who is a, a novelist out there or a playwright who is saying, yeah, but it's not that easy. I just want to make that, that differentiation. That's a so, very good differentiation. I'm a client, a new client, okay? I've come to you, I have no history of writing. Talk me through what you think are the important things that I should know and the process. You know, why should, I've come and I wanna write a book, why should I work with you? What is it that you're gonna do for me that I've not yet been able to do for myself? Good question, Gina. So what I do, what all book coaches do is, organize that's the key you've just hit the nail on the head there where you've just explained the difference between fiction and these authority building business books in the with fiction it is a creative process you are creating something whereas with these non-fiction business books or self-help or how-to books mm -hmm. the knowledge is already there it's already in your head it has to be because you're running a successful or i hope a successful business already so if you weren't good at what you do you would have stopped doing it by now. You would have got yourself a job or done or got into a different kind of business altogether. It's not sustainable to have a business doing something that you're not very good at. It's not going to work. So you already are doing something amazing. You could be a life coach. You could be a fitness coach. You could be a web designer. Whatever it is you're doing, it doesn't matter. But you must be damn good at what you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a business that's viable. So all the information is already there in your head. The things you want to teach, the, the things you want to convey to your target audience, it's already in your head. And you're doing it already on a mini yeah. level, you know? So you are on social media giving valuable advice and tips and tricks. You're doing that already. To your clients, when you get a new client, you are onboarding them and explaining them the process of what you're going to do for them. So you're doing it already. It's all there. But it's just the problem is it's all jumbled up in your head. And I think that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks for a lot of people and, and frustrating thing for them because they know it's all in them. But they just don't know how to get it out. Either they don't know how to start or they've started previously and they've had a massive false start because it was all jumbled up 
and they didn't have that structure in place. So when you work with a book coach like me, what we're able to do is draw that out of you and put it into a structured format. And it's almost step by step at that point. Once we've got it out into a format, I get my students to create these very detailed mind maps and we work on their mind map to make sure they've got everything out that, that makes sense in what order it needs to be. Once they've done that, then it's a case of just getting the information out of their heads. And that's an easy process because, like I said, they're doing it already yeah. Yeah. in their businesses. So it's just getting it out. So that's, that's the key to a book coach. You know, what I can't do is give you the knowledge. That has to be already buzzing inside of your head. But yeah. what I can do is give you a set structure that will enable you to get all of that knowledge that's all jumbled up in your head at the moment get it out into a set format that I know works. And I have written eight of the things before, so I kind of know what structure works. Just got works. a bit of experience. Exactly. It's interesting because I've written, as you say, a lot of books, but actually there's lots of different reasons why I've written the book, and that has governed the style of the book um, and the organisation within the book. And I know we were having a conversation on a, a meeting that was about something completely different. Um, you know, authors having the opportunity to be on stage with Mary Buffett in September. Yes. And if you're interested in that, then please do email me, Gina at genuinely-u.com, uh, and we can give you all the information. But one of the things that came out of our discussion is just how important the why is. Yes. Do you want to talk to, um, to the audience about the why? Oh, gosh, I can talk for hours on this subject. No, no, you haven't got hours. <laughs> but I get so passionate about this. One of my favorite business books, which I recommend everyone who's an entrepreneur to buy, is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And the whole book Great is book. about how important it is to have a why. Because we have to remember, as an entrepreneur, unless you're in something very cutting edge, I can't even, I, I can't even think of an example, most of us, the vast majority of us, are in, we are in sectors or niches or industries that's overpopulated. If you're a web designer, think of how many web designers there are. If you are a business consultant, think of how many consultants there are. Chances are there's a ton of people doing what you do. And when you don't have a why, you are just like everybody else. So all you're going to end up doing is competing on price, which is the worst thing to compete on, by the way, because while I've seen industries where people are just undercutting each other, I mean, the, the, the customer's happy because they're getting a massive deal, so they're happy, but you're not making the kind of profits that you deserve as an entrepreneur for the amount of work that you put in because all you're doing is differentiating yourself on price. Well, a key and way to survive, are you? Oh, you're I don't know how. How? Can I just stop you? Because one of the things I want to make clear to people who are listening or watching is having your why, knowing your why, is as vital for your business as it is for your book. If you don't really understand your purpose and what's driving that, then everything is difficult. But I think one of the reasons why writing a book is so important is because it makes you clarify that why and distill it into something that you can communicate effectively. I love that, Gina. You've just, you reminded me of a, a student of mine currently who's due to publish a book in three weeks' time. And she already had a strong why. She's a financial consultant based in London. She already had a very strong why. 
But during the process of planning and writing a book, her why has changed and become even stronger. So yeah, absolutely. It, it, it helps you. Writing a book actually helps you with your why. So if you have a why that's a bit wishy-washy and you're not sure what it is, forcing yourself to write a book will really help. Um, and also what you said about it, it makes everything difficult when you don't have a why. It's so true. Not only are you only going to be compared on price when you don't have a why, yeah. but also people do business with people they like. You don't give mm -hmm. somebody an opportunity to like you if you don't tell them your why. If everything about you, your business doesn't explain why you do what you do. They can't like you. I mean, you could be a wonderful person, the nicest person in the world, but you don't give them the opportunity to find anything about you because all you're talking about, and I see businesses do this all the time, all they talk about is this amazing thing that they can do for you, which is essential. You do need to let people know the benefits yeah. of working with you, but that's all they do, and they talk about price. Yeah. Well, that's you what know, everybody else is doing. But not only is it important for your clients, it's also important for your staff if you have a, a big enough business to have staff. You know, understanding what it's all about and then sharing that expertise, I think, is so important. Now, we have five minutes left. So we've got five minutes to distill what you need for people to know about what you can do for them and what's important. Some, some real nuggets in terms of preparation, if you can, within that five minutes. Okay. So, no first of all, I hope, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm going to get all this done in five minutes. So, first of all, I think I've made a clear case. And, you know, Gina, you are the perfect example of somebody, of what happens to somebody when they become an author. Doors really do open for you. You know, think of all the entrepreneurs you know. They've all got a website. They've all got business cards. They've all got email campaigns, sales pages, landing pages. Everyone has that. How many of them are authors? Only a small proportion. So you stand out from your competitors instantly when you become a published author. And it allows you to charge higher prices. It allows you to get the best clients possible. It's just amazing what it does. Now, regarding writing a book, I just want to give a few quick tips on people who are sat there Brilliant. thinking, I'd love to do it, but I don't know how. First of all, research your market. One of the best ways to do that is pick three to five books in your niche, in your industry, in your topic, and then read the reviews. The reviews are the best places because get the detailed reviews and you'll find people saying what's good about the book and you need to make sure that goes into your book. Also, what was bad about those books and you can make sure you can include that. So that's a great way for you to understand what should be in your book, and it will hit your target market in the right way. Mm -hmm. So that's one tip. Another tip is use mind mapping software to map out your book. I use a brilliant free tool called mind42.com. So it's mind and then the numbers 42.com. You can create massive, really detailed mind maps where you can detail every single thought that's going to go into your book. Right. Do that before you write a single word. Because the reason why people start and then give up on a book is they didn't plan it right in the first place. Mm -hmm. So mind map your book out. And then the final tip I'm going to give you is don't write your book. Dictate it. And I know that sounds crazy because I'm a writer. And you're oh. going, huh? What the hell? But honestly, dictate your book. First of all, you speak five to six times faster than you can type. 
but secondly you're not going to edit because a lot of people when you're typing you can see the words and you keep going back and going oh this word will sound better you start using the thesaurus it's like oh i want a more clever word for this and it really destroys your momentum get something like i use otter.ai but there are other translation services well. these are great one of the better ones and it's and free 600 minutes yes um, you're right and 600 minutes is a lot of minutes. It's a lot of writing. And even if you go into the paid one, it's you get 6,000 minutes for about, I think it's $10. You can get most of your book done. If you work hard, if you can get it done in a month, you can get most of your book done for that, for $10. So dictate Just a caveat, because I have known somebody who thought that the transcript was the finished article. And oh. most of the time, most of the time, it's pretty good. You do need to speak clearly, uh, and it has a problem with some accents, but just proofread carefully because there's some incredible bloopers in it. Make you laugh, oh, but not oh great yes. copy. Oh, yes. <laughs> Always remember, even if you have humans transcribing for you, they're still human, so you need yeah. to proofread it all. But, yes, get the book done, and then once you've got all your transcriptions, you can put them in order depending on the plan that you created, the mind map, and you can go through it all and make sure it's all correct and change words out to make yourself sound better and whatever it is you need to do. Brilliant advice. The one thing I'd add to that is you don't have to do the whole thing sequentially, do you? If you've got a mind map, that's you can it. just think, oh, that's the bit I'm going to do today and just do just do a section. You know, it's amazing how quickly the books build up when you just do it section by section. You know, I often say to clients, you can't eat a cow or if you're a vegan, you can't eat a whole field of corn in one sitting. But kernel it's, by kernel, yeah. mouthful by mouthful, it can be really enjoyable. And I think, you know, make the decision, make the choice, you can actually enjoy the process. Yes. I have a now, student who's actually printed out his mind map as a massive freeze on his wall. And he, uses, and he uses black marker for which bits he's done. He finds it very yeah. fulfilling. It's like, that's another black mark. And... Yeah. yeah. I I want part shares in post-its. That's my way of doing it. Old school. I <laughs> know. Uh, we, we, um, yes, we won't talk about my age. Um, <laughs> finally, Genuinely You is a very proud member of B1G1, Buy One, Give One. And every guest we invite to choose one of the three projects chosen for the month. And if I can find my piece of paper, I'd like to read you what Carly has chosen. Surprise, surprise, she's chosen delivering high-quality education to girls in the Congo. Millions of girls and young women in DRC do not attend school and have no access to education. And so several girls are going to be educated for um, a, a whole term because Natalie has been on the show. And for every download, for every uh, person who listens live or download, we donate free meals. So um, please share. Please get other people to download and share. If you want to talk to Mitali about her becoming your book author, we'll put the links um, in the show notes. Um, or you can always email me at gina um, at uh, genuinely-you.com. Now, don't go away. We've not finished. But thank you, Mitali, for a really great interview. It's been inspirational. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. 
Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for a Leadership for Life VIP day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Great to see you back. I thought that it might be useful to you for me to share with you the different books that I've written, my author journey, and how different the purpose of each book was and how they have evolved over the time that I've been writing. Because it, many of the books fall into categories of, of being written in a different way and for a different purpose. And so I'm going to share with you my books, but I'm sharing them with you in the spirit of thinking about the why I wrote them and the way in which I wrote them. And understanding that may then help you decide how, what sort of book you want to write and how to, to do it. So let's start with my first two books. Now, those of you that know my story know that I was the principal or head teacher uh, of a large uh, school for over 20 years. And when I left in 2004, because of my health, I wasn't ready to watch daytime television. I wanted to share my expertise by this time um, I was working with the National College of Leadership, with the London Institute, uh, as an advisor for the government all the time that I was a head teacher. Not all of, the, all of those roles at the same time, but across the time. Um, and it just seemed to me that I've got so much expertise to offer. We were on the best 100 schools in the country list twice while I was ahead. We were part of the Beacon School system, so I was helping lots of other schools. And so I did a research project across industries to look at what were the issues facing leadership because I recognised that I needed credibility to move from the world of education to the world of business. So I did my research project and, of course, they were facing exactly the same things as me as a head teacher and with all of those principals and head teachers that I'd worked with. And so I wrote my first talks. 
Kickstart Your Career, sorry, that's that one, is for people who want to become the professional grown-up very quickly. And it's a distillation of all of the work that we did training teachers. And we were unusual in the UK. And as a school, we had a, a license to train teachers, uh, graduates, to be teachers without um, being part of university. And you know, they came out of university and they were very good at their subject, but they didn't know how to be a professional grown-up. And it was one of the issues that faced many of the businesses. So that's kickstart your career. How to manage your staff uh, more effectively, I probably could have thought of a more sexy title, was a distillation of all of the development from emerging leaders to senior leaders and all of the principles and strategies and techniques that I had developed over the years. Now, if you know my story, you'll know that I ran my school for the most part from a wheelchair. And so I had to find a way of empowering people to take responsibility for their own performance and a shared responsibility for the whole school. Now I'd approached a conventional publisher and they were very keen, but it became quickly evident that actually they kept on saying, oh, change this and we don't want that and how about this? It was going to not be the book that I wanted to write. It was going to be the book that they wanted Moreover, it was going to take 18 months before it would, even once it was written, to, um, to be published. So I went the self-publishing route, and in those days it was much more tricky than it is now. But I used professionals all the way through to edit, to, um, uh, to, copy, uh, to um, proofread, to, uh, to do the setting out and so on. And in those days, you had to buy a series of books, and it was 500 books minimum, and they sat in my garage, but they became my calling card. I would send those to potential clients, business clients, mainly corporates, um, and that gave me the credibility. They could see what I was about as a, a trainer of leadership, as a coach, and as a mentor. And that was my writing until a little later when I was encouraged to share my story. And so I shared my story, not in this form actually, Four uh, Chariots of Fire, that's an illusion to the wheelchair because I only ever, and although I can now walk, my mobility is the best it's been since 1990, uh, 1996. Um, I, I still have to use a wheelchair. I'm going out into town tomorrow. I will still use my wheelchair. And I only ever do things on full speed. So Chariots on Fire was an allusion to that. And so it was a little of my story. And then it was the strategies that I've used to give myself the positive advantage. All of the principles that underpin my life. Now, the book that you see is not the book that was initially published. And the book that was initially published was not the book that I wrote in the first instance. I wrote the book, I read it, and I thought anybody reading that's going to cut their throat because it, I used it, the writing of it, to, um, to give a blow-by-blow account of what had happened. And it wasn't particularly helpful and there were strategies at the back. And so it got rewritten um, in order to make it useful for the audience because one of the tips I'm going to give you is however much you're uh, committed to your story or to your techniques, remember the important thing is what is it there for the audience? The person is going to read it. What will they get out of it? And that was published by um, a halfway publisher where they, they publish it for you. But later on, I wanted to use it for marketing. They wouldn't let me give it away for free. And so 
the guy I was working with at the time, and still do, John North, who has helped me to get three books to bestseller status, said, have you got to write another book? And so in May, he said, we've got to write another book, so we've got free reign to do with it what we will. A day later, he told me that I pre-published it on Amazon. And if you pre-publish on Amazon, you get a year. And if you haven't published it by that time, they take all of your books off for a year. And so I was under pressure to write this book. Now, it's 74,000 words, I think. And it was an upgrade. It was time to write a new book because I'd moved on since then. I'd evolved. And so Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment were um, sharing how I'd moved on, how the work that I did with clients always, no matter which route they came from, whether it came from their beliefs, their relationships, wanting to succeed professionally, um, managing change and transition like divorce or bereavement or redundancy, or whether having become successful, they thought, is this it? Looking at purpose and fulfillment, that's the book that I shared all of my insights and all of my evolution, if you like, to that point. And that was published the day before the deadline. Then I want to talk to you about a different style of book and a different way of getting started. And so I was invited to become a contributor to the change series, okay? And my contribution is H chapter. Uh, and there are lots of opportunities to do that. Um, and you can do that, for example, if you look um, at Deborah Thorne, the information diva, she has opportunities for you to write a chapter in a book. And writing the chapter in the book still makes you a published author. And it's quite a, a nice starting point because it, you don't have to write the whole book. So doing that can work really well. Next book. I created a happiness challenge on Facebook, okay? And it was a series of videos. And people said that they found them really, really useful. So I had them transcribed tidied them up and they became a book. And then alongside the book and also alongside Thriving Not Surviving, there are journals that will help people actually develop the, the insights and the skills that the book talks about. Fast forward to about a year ago, not even a year ago, and I started to work with someone and there came a realization through the work with my mentor that not only do you help other people by writing books? But the development that goes on in your own, um, your own head, your emotion, your spiritual being is huge. And she taught me to write a very different style of book. So instead of putting everything in one book, she said, break it down. People are very time poor. And so break it down to an aspect. And so what I've started to do, and I have a number of series which I'm going to share with you, are a number of intentional workbooks. And they vary hugely. So my first one was Journey into a New Era of, of Profitable Enlightened Leadership. And there is an introduction. In this case, the introduction is about 60 pages long. And then there is a workbook for people to work through. So it was a much lighter touch than my 70,000 plus words. But what I have done is 
I have created a range of these. This is for leaders during the pandemic. So important for leaders to be a beacon of light and hope. And there is a, a book with all the principles and um, a journal to help the person who's using it to become a beacon of light and hope. What I've started to do now is to do series. And this is the series that I have just completed. Again, all around leadership. So emerging leaders, profitable leaders, authentic leaders, and limitless leaders. And they each can take different aspects and enable people to work through those aspects because, again, they are workbooks and journals, one was an audit. It helps you know where are you now and where do you want to be. They are light touch because they are designed to help people do it for themselves. So that's one series. Another series, I do a lot of work with empaths. And so here are three. The fourth one is just about to go into publication, which is soaring um, as an, uh, an empath. So harness the power of being an empath, stepping into genuine power, accelerate your empathic power. All right, they're all on Amazon. Um, and again, it's helping people recognize all of the things that are holding them back and helping them step into their power. Now, if you're thinking of writing a book, I've got one for you too. It's embracing the author within. And it takes you in more detail in terms of the journey that I'm suggesting and gives you advice in terms of how you can go about it. Now, if you want someone to really work with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis, then Metali should go. But if you want to just get a feel for the different style of books and what might suit you, and embrace the author within help you start to organize your thoughts in terms of what have you got to offer, what can you share, and you know, what insights you have that would help other people. So what I'd like you to think about is it may not be your professional life that has insights that can help other people. Being through a messy divorce, what would you do differently? How would you teach somebody, I'm not talking about sharing all of the angst and the difficulty, but what advice would you give somebody? Maybe you're a carer and that you have been caring for elderly parents or a disabled child or partner. You will have insights that will help other people. Perhaps you're great at makeup. The topic is down to you, as I say to all of my clients, the widgets are yours, but I can help you with the process and the mindset. And the important thing in here is your mindset, a mindset of success, a mindset of I can, rather than looking for all the problems. Because when you decide that you can, you'll find a way forward. And there are people out there to help. But I am pretty certain that everybody would have insights, principles, strategies, would be of help to other people. And, you know, you can help people, but what's interesting is that these not only help the other person, they help you develop and grow. And I know if I look at the series, that as I started writing them, and as I finished writing them, I'd moved on. But you then have the product that can help people who are at the stage that you were at when you wrote it, but you've moved on to other things. These have now been turned into courses, both online and in person. So they they create the opportunity for you to create other products, 
that can help you have a passive income, help you be profitable. For me, my life is all about service. Books are a cheap, easy way. These books are less than $10 if you're in the UK. They're less than £8. So they are affordable for everybody. So think about yourself. Embrace the author within you. They're all on Kindle. Go and have a look at all of my books. Um, a lot of them have been produced quite recently. You can produce on Kindle. It costs you nothing. You don't have to spend a penny if you don't want to. If you want help from a book coach, of course, go and get help from the book coach. But these days, it is so easy, and you don't have to buy 500 copies. You can have print on demand. I've got to stop now. It's the end of the show. Please email me, gina at genuinely-new.com if you've got any questions or your thoughts about the show, this one or any other. Get loads of people to download it because that way, genuinely, you will help lots of others. Whatever happens, be the leader in your own life. Take control. Be the leader of your own life. Take care now. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcast.